0: What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. This might be a short podcast today. Um, I I was going to fill it with some talk about the Nuggets playing the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. I will kind of leave the wrap-up of this road trip to the... maybe about till we get halfway through. Um... The Nuggets had some travel issues, um, listed everyone as questionable, which was an obvious, at least to me, an obvious troll job by the Nuggets. Um, And uh, they're playing the Sixers tonight. They play the Celtics next game. And there's three-game gap in between the Sixers and Celtics. So in the the second Mortcast this week, I will talk about the Sixers game and coming up. And then I'll do a... Since I don't do uh, post-game... um, ones, uh, uh, more, more casts. Um, I kind of do a summation uh, and talk about the big picture stuff, and I'll leave the small picture after the game stuff to the people who do it better than me. So you can t- pay attention to those people um, before me. But I'm going to talk about something that occurred. Uh, well, didn't occur um, this this last uh, week end, I think. Um, Zach Lowe on his podcast, announced that he will no longer be voting for NBA awards. Now, Zach is, um, you've heard me discuss Zach Lowe on this podcast. Zach and I are the same age. It was me, Zach, and Brian Windhorst. And actually, Zach and I um, started our sports writing eras long after Windhorst did. He, Windhorst was really young and writing. Well, I can't say really young. He's my age. But he was in uh, I think he was 25, 26 years old when he started writing for the Plain Dealer in Cleveland um, uh, for about, about the Cavs and LeBron. And that's actually pretty pretty young for a sports writer. It's pretty old for starting a career. Um, and Lowe and I were uh, two guys who'd started blogging. Um, Zach was Zach Lowe was teaching and he had covered crime. Uh, He did crime reporting uh, before that, but he was teaching and then he was dabbling in uh, uh, sports writing or aggregating, basically, on um, an old site that's no longer around called Celtics Hub. And that's where I remember him from. Um, When I started writing at Stiffs, that's where he was. And uh, it was was Celtics Hub, it was um, Celtics Blog, uh, and on SB Nation. So there was those that were, you know, all around and of course at that time Celtics were a good team. So, you know, there was a lot to write about. Um so the Denver Nuggets um you know, they're, we're going to talk about that that uh, uh you know, we're going to talk about their trip in a bit cuz I kind of wanted to I kind of wanted to talk about Zach Lowe giving up his um uh well, basically, he basically he said he's not going to vote on these things anymore. I don't know if there was necessarily a giving up thing, but he's not going to be voting on these awards. And his rationale was because these contracts are too tied to it. And I think, in, in a sense there, if you're a sports writer, what, what contract situation should never enter in, into your calculus? Um, these are things that shouldn't be part of your... The way, what you're thinking. Now, there are the influence of agencies all over most media organizations lend it to narrative pushing for a specific player. Um, and this is something that really began with after the 2011 uh, lockout. Because those of you who were around at the time are old enough to remember um, the 2011 lockout wasn't as brutal as the 1999 lockout, which was a knockdown, dragout brawl that ended up with the NBA getting basically everything it wanted. The one in 2011 didn't because the the players' union um, pseudo decertified and kind of forced a conclusion. That is really why that didn't get to that point. They they, they sued in order to get a resolution. Now, the owners ended up getting a a ton of what they wanted in that, but it opened up a different era. And one of the reasons that player contracts are tied to postseason awards that are voted on by the media is because of what is called the Rose Rule. Um, Players who make um, all-star teams, all all NBA teams, and all that stuff were not getting – Rewarded for what they did, and I think uh, very specifically, it was uh, Derek Rose winning the MVP, and how that would affect the second contract they would get. So that's that, what I call the second contract is the is the post rookie deal. So usually you sign a, a, a rookie deal for two, for three to four years. Usually they renegotiate or they enter into an extension period after the third year you're extension eligible if you're a valuable player blah 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 um that's way it's it's gone since 1999 before 1999 um it was more like the NFL was pre 2011 where you would get these massive contracts that were signed for draft picks who may not pay off um Samarcus so Russell is uh, is probably a prime example of that. Sam Bradford was the last of the NFL players who got the enormous contract for not doing anything. But in the in the NFL, it's the only league that could ever pull off having non-guaranteed deals because there's just so many players in the league. Every player, sans the quarterback is is replaceable in in the NFL. So it's 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 a much different scenario than the NBA where it's a much smaller roster. So the NBA, in its infinite wisdom, decided to link bonuses and abilities to get max deals to being on an all-NBA team, uh, MVP, all of those things. It was, was fundamentally tied, and I think Russell Westbrook might have been the first one to sign a deal... That was affected by that. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I'm doing this off the top of my head, but I think Russell Westbrook was in 2012 was the first uh, player to to sign a deal that was impacted by all all NBA and all this stuff. So, what this did what's, what it's, they were trying to do is solve the issue of a player overperforming his deal because of the tiered system and the rookie scale contracts. The NBA. Doesn't have a system to reward you for it, and then you get hurt, you know, or something happens, and you're not rewarded for the what you did. You basically just overperformed your contract, and there was nothing to it. So the NBA was trying to, and the in the Players Association were trying to fix that. This was not a fix. This is this led to uh, assininity and I think that for Zach Lowe personally, I don't know him. You know, I've met Zach Lowe twice in person, um, and uh, he knows me. I know him, but I this isn't something I don't know him personally. There's people who are his friends who know him, so th- th- this is just me speculating from afar. Um, I think he probably agonizes over these things more than most writers do. Most writers just kind of fill out a box. Um, I shouldn't say that. That's that's really dismissive. But I, I, I say a lot of them don't put the work in that Zach does. Um, and Zach probably agonizes over it. Now there was the big, and in the second half I'm going to talk about this, there was a big thing that we all Nuggets fans know that happened last year that, uh, probably, probably went a long way to affect the way, um, Zach and other writers perceive the system in order to get these players these postseason awards. So, the Rose rule is the reason we have what we have today, and they have made adjustments to it over time uh in subsequent c b a s to i think it has made things worse, and it has made a player agencies and narratives far more far more prevalent, but that wasn't the intent the intent was not to do that the intent was to reward players who overperformed their contracts. and But the NBA's mistake was linking it to the media, which had the perverse side effect of, of de- making it up for auction. Like, it, 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 it is one of those things where I think the NBA, and once again, like with a lot of things in the NBA, they had good intentions, but it always ends up... Mm, not always, but a lot of times, like the draft lottery and other things that they have tried, it, it ends up not and, and they're not accounting for things that will happen because of it, unaccounted for consequences of decisions that are made. and I and I really do believe that that one of the things the NBA has struggled with is is projecting long term, um, including like going all in on cable uh in 2002 not knowing that the entire system of uh RSNs and ES it would collapse and ESPN would be just basically a clown show obviously in 2002 they wouldn't have known that well it's the same thing with the post media uh the the post uh 2011 lockout uh collective bargaining the NBA really went through, uh, and the NBA and the Players Association were genuinely trying to reward players who overperformed their contract. That's the sum in total of what the NBA wanted to do and the Players Association. And it turned into a big, big problem that is progressing to worse as the years have gone on because the two biggest influences in the NBA are media and player, so, and the, and, uh, player agents. In these big agencies that are conglomerating that that gain influence over a lot of different things. And it's hard to weed that out. It's hard to um, not have some issues with that, and it becomes, like I said, like a highest bidder thing with these awards. It, it It becomes perverse, and then it adds undue pressure to something that doesn't necessarily need to be that sort of way. The NBA has kind of through various and players association has made it this way and it's kind of cheapened things we as nuggets fans know exactly the consequences of this sort of thing because these players count on these big bonuses and we're not talking about players who are like making the vet minimums or on small rookie deals or anything like that. We're talking about players who make millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars who are looking to get that quick kicker into supermax territory because they achieved all NBA because they got an MVP. These are the things that they, because they got this and this, which will kick them into rarefied air with their next contract and of course agents are lucratively rewarded for that sort of thing and it becomes a vicious cycle and it affects the way media perceives things and if anyone has listened to uh, the martcast for the last year or so i have been talking about this consequence i've been talking about how the influence of of player associations and not player associations but player agents has has cre- crept into the way things get talked about. And in the second half of the con- the podcast, I'm going to talk about that influence, and I'm going to talk about how something needs to be done. And it's not just because Zach Lowe is not going to be voting on these awards anymore. It's going to be more than that. But first, I want to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th, and Blake and Wazie in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the Dairy Block, they're always online at bfwcolorado.com. They got every sort of wine that you could possibly, uh, varietal of wine that you could possibly get that is American-made. Obviously, there's not Bordeaux's or, you know, Val or anything like that. If you want that, you're going to have to go to a more specialized place. Maybe go to Italy. Um, although, uh... Amarone della Valpolicella is really, really good. I highly recommend that, but it's very expensive. So it's only something you could have very infrequently, especially when you basically make nothing on on anything like me. Um, So, But they got everything Colorado has to offer, great reds, great whites, um, uh, Rosés, uh, Rieslings, um, they got a, some great varietals from a, with partnerships with Western Slope wineries. So check those out. Uh, these are really was the best of what Colorado has to offer, but they got a location in Fort Collins, which is doing great. They got a private uh, uh, tasting room in, in Golden, and, of course, their original uh, location in Sonoma County, California, and uh, the one in the Dairy Block. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th and Blake and & Wazie in Beauville, lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field. Right in the middle of the Dairy Block, they're always online at bfwcoloradojust.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. It uh, the NBA kind of boxed itself in. And it does this because of good intentions. We, we said that in the first half. As we know about Zach Lowe, he is a guy who probably thinks about things a little too much. I mean, he is a Gen Xer like me. Um, a lot of, uh, I, I hear a lot of myself in him. I hear a, a lot of myself in Brian Windhorst. Probably a lot more in Brian Windhorst than uh, Zach Lowe. But Guys who came in into the league and we we were the last of the you know we were the people who started watching when Jordan was reigning king. you know we were the ones who came of age in the 90s when basketball was was hitting a crescendo uh, in the, with the Jordan era. and really it is a uh, it is a different perspective than you would get from say even uh, someone who' was older than us or particularly the millennials who come in, who have less issues with the way these things go down. I can tell with the way who's, with who Zach Lowe is that this would bug him like this. Last year, during the Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic battle for the MVP, um, it was one of the most despicable things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I've gone over this. It has nothing to do with whether Nikola Jokic was gonna win with it win it or not. It had everything to do with the increased almost desperate tone I heard from narrative pushing in the media to tilt a race. And it was done that way, I am convinced, because there's a lot of places that are infiltrated by these player agencies. And when you have these things that are tied, these incentives that are tied to votes from the media, you make yourself susceptible to these pressure campaigns. Each of these, and, and you kind of like, and obviously everyone talks about Kendrick Perkins and the, the, the garbage that he spewed last year, but it was from a lot of different areas. It was done deliberately and it was very coordinated and it was successful. Now, obviously, Nicole Jokic, Contributed by basically giving up uh, the any pursuit of the award. He he, I think he. If you ask him, he he probably saw that and was like, "I'm done. I'm not. I'm not dealing with this." Um, Joel Embiid won the award fair and square. That says I'm not uh, alleging, you know, uh, any chicanery. Other than in the fact that there was a very obvious media campaign conducted by people who were friendly with other player agencies and it it was very obvious these sort of things and the way the nba has structured the this this the rose rule is that it leaves it open to this because what your 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 message is not the fans in this your message is directly to other media members and what I saw last year was a coordinated effort from multiple areas, not just the player agencies to make sure that Joel Embiid was the, the front runner that has nothing to do whether he won it or not. I'm talking about what was happening when that st- second straw poll came out, um, which I think has a lot to do with this, by the way, These, that straw poll is, is a big culprit in all this bullshit. Um, but the, I know, no offense to Tim Bontemps, but, you know, it, it really is a huge, huge, and you've heard me talk about this on a previous podcast if you want to. If you want to check that out, go back about three or four podcasts. But these, these straw polls are, are just in, in, insane, but that's the second straw poll with Jokic, such a big lead, freaked various people with, with interests out. And there was an, a, and the most aggressive teardown campaign I think I've ever seen. And I don't blame anyone who sees that sort of thing and doesn't want to participate. Now, I don't, like I said, I don't know Zach Lowe. Who knows what, he may have additional reasons why he doesn't want to vote on these things anymore. But he he obviously is someone who agonizes over these votes and, and he uh, I think having to vote on someone's contract status is uh, depressing I I personally don't have a vote and I would feel very uneasy with being the arbiter of whether someone makes it to uh, you know that supermax deal I mean this is high stakes high money stuff and people start getting real upset and it's not the place for a media member to be determining that sort of thing there has to be a better way for this to happen and i think a lot of that will happen if we get i think a lot of that if that happens if we if we if we change the way this is done and we don't have the media so heavily involved in this hopefully the coverage of the nba will improve the nba has has just the coverage, and it's because a lot, ESPN has kind of devolved into hot takery, and ESPN has had issues for years. You've heard me talk about it on here. The NBA in 2002 put all their eggs. And in fact, I wrote an article about this on Denver Stiffs. Check it out today. Um, just just go to Denver Stiffs, and it'll be right on the front page. Um the the league put its all its eggs into essentially into uh, ESPN's basket and a little bit into Turner's basket, but it was mostly ESPN. ESPN was going to carry the brunt of all of this, and. Because they have tied themselves so thoroughly to Disney slash ESPN, they've been prone to the whims of that. Well, what else happens is that you are prone to the influence of other things. You are prone to player agencies being having influence. You are prone to advertisers having enormous influence. If you are subject to the whims of one uh, entity, the media entity primarily enter, Turner, um, you are subject. You get this happening. And is the NBA has bottlenecked itself is basically what I'm saying. And there needs to be something in the next media deal that really st- starts to limit this. But as far as the Rose rule, it's there, but there has to be a way for the league to alleviate the pressure on various media members who should not be determining the status of someone's contract. There should there should not be um, some schlub in Des Moines voting on whether Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid get a escalator on their deal, basically, is what these award de- things am- amount to. And I do not blame Zach Lowe at all for stepping aside of the, um, from having to deal with this. You know, like I said, I don't know the guy. I, I Like I said, I met him twice. Don't know him personally. Um, the, I, it is... Uh, you know, I kind of feel like I do know him because he's been around as long as, as long as I have. We're the same age, but I, I just, I think that there has to be a better way to get away from this because it's kind of corrupting coverage. Coverage has become unbalanced and almost like push-pull uh, influenced because of a bunch of different factors, but a lot of it has to do with incentives for players tied to media voting. It never should have been this way. And I think, as I said before, the good intentions were there. The bad thing is, it led to what we have seen. Like I said before, and I've gone over this over and over, you probably don't need me here to you know talk about this again. But what the... The, the last year was despicable, it was absolutely despicable. You know, uh, uh, Joel Embiid was going to win regardless because Nikola Jokic probably just had no interest in doing it, and he outplayed him. That's fine. He won the award fair and square. But the, the other stuff, the media stuff, was completely despicable, was, was unbelievably—I I, I, I was uncomfortable— with watching it, it made me angry. My dad, who has nothing to do with any sort of media, couldn't watch ESPN anymore. He had to turn it off because it was making him so angry, and he, and and just the coverage and the and and the way that it was obvious there was an attempt to influence the way it was going. He couldn't watch it anymore. I I think I think the NBA needs to see this problem and solve this problem. And if if they're able to do this the league itself will be in a lot better place in terms of coverage i am convinced of it the the coverage will be less influenced by outside things it'll be less influenced by the 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 need for campaigns to get someone an award uh to escalate their deals um it it won't It won't be subject to that sort of thing. It will be, well, maybe not totally, but it will be a lot less than it is right now. And I think uh, the League will be in a better place, a much better place, if they're able to solve this problem. Okay, thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. I'll be back uh, probably in a couple days with another episode.